Glory. Glory to God. Keep it going. Keep it going for our Lord and Savior, the one who saved us from all, the one who's given us the invitation and the revealing of himself, Father. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name, Father. Let your Holy Spirit breathe on us, Father. Let your Holy Spirit move on us, Father. Glory to God. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we bless you today, Father. We bless you for waking us up, Father. We thank you that each and every day that we are alive, Lord, you've given us an opportunity to rededicate our lives, Father. To celebrate the rededication, Father, that each and every one of your appointed feasts, Father, we celebrate in and we enjoy, Father, and we rejoice in the name of Jesus, Father. Hey, glory to God, we bless you, Father. Father, we thank you for everyone that is here today, Father. We thank you for this special day, Father. We thank you right now, Father God, for the ones, Father, that has showed themselves Christ-worthy, Father, for the ordination later today, Father. I pray blessings over their families, Father. I pray blessings over our shepherd, the one that you've given us, Father, to lead us, Father, to give us direction, to give us leadership, Father. We love him, Father. We love you, God. So, Father, have your way in this place. Let your Holy Spirit dwell with us, Father, in our hearts, Father, the one true temple, Father. We honor you and we bless you right now, Father God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we believe what we say and we believe what we pray. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Before you take your seat, just look to someone to your left or right and tell them you love them. Tell them you love them with the love of Christ. Just turn to your left or right. Tell them you love them. Welcome Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. My goodness. Look at that. My goodness. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, when you, when you finish, find yourself, seat yourself in heavenly places. My goodness. All right. I want to welcome everyone here today. Um, and I hope that you feel the love. Nothing like feeling the love of your brethren. See, when you really love, you you ain't gotta you you ain't gotta know the people. You just know what's in your heart for humanity. As believers, we should be known for our love. Yeah, we should be known for our love and our patience. You know, we got a program here today. You know, I don't like to really have program. I like to let the Holy Spirit flow. And. We're going to start with our teaching first, and then the ordination will come after our observant of Hanukkah today. And uh, sometimes people might not understand what Hanukkah is. They may think it's some Jewish ritual, but I want to come and maybe dispel some of that wrong, erroneous thinking. Nothing like getting really understanding. You know, when you don't have understanding, you have, you know, you have fear and chaos. And I do want to thank the friends and family that have come out to participate today. Um, God has a way of getting anybody <laughs> to hear his call. 
But I'll give you a hint. He uses people. He uses people. And I want to kind of get us going here. Um, this is not to dis. Um, credit anybody's belief or anything like that. I want you to feel beyond anything the love of Christ. Amen. That's what you should feel when you come into the house of God. Amen. Not judgmental. And we mess that up because the Bible said that we are to judge but judge righteously. Most of us can judge condemningly. But love never fails. It never passes away to become obsolete. My goodness. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that means that one day everybody in here has a day that you will not be in your body. You cannot, if you are born and you are here today, you got a day. With your, you got a date. That you're going to meet the Lord, whether you believe him or not. Watch this. The air that you breathe in, you can't see it, can you? But you believe that you're breathing it. You can't see the air, but it's there. But you can feel it. You can, you can see how the wind blows. Where does it come from? Where does it go? It can move trees, waters. It can, it's just what you can't see, but it's there. It's a force. Just like God's love. Just like God. You might not be able to physically see him, but you can see his effect. You can see his expression today of love. Mm. See, and this is kind of what Hanukkah is really all about. It's not, I don't want to know about it. <clears throat> Hanukkah simply means dedication. But you've been taught and that it means something else. It means some Jewish thing, some Hebrew Israelite thing. The menorah, what you see right here, is a representation of Christ. It's, it's not a Jewish holiday. Erase that out your mind. Hanukkah simply means dedication. Dedication. So if you had your Bible and you saw the word dedication, and then if it was in Hebrew, every time you see that word, Dedication. That word would be Hanukkah. Everybody say Hanukkah. Hanukkah. All right. So this eight-day event that we're, we come to celebrate is about <clears throat> dedication. It's not about Christmas trees. It's not about the birth of Christ, even though that's important. But nowhere in Scripture were you commanded to celebrate his birthday. Blasphemous. <laughs> it's not. Only two people in the Bible celebrated birthdays, Herod and Pharaoh. Those are the only two people that was mentioned in the Bible who celebrated a birthday. Jesus never said, celebrate my birthday. It's great to acknowledge Jesus. Absolutely. And you should. In all, everything. But it's a difference between celebrating or acknowledging his birth and Christmas. I'm still trying to find it in any concordance, anything in there that we were commanded to celebrate, erect the tree up, 
and put gifts around. I didn't see that. I got a question. On your birthday, do you give gifts? Or do you receive? <laughs> we give gifts. <laughs> I'm just saying. See, some of the stuff that we do, we need to know the origin of what we do. Why we do what we do. You should know the origin. If I'm going to celebrate Halloween, I need to know the origins of Halloween. Where did it come from? If I'm going to celebrate Hanukkah, I should know the origin. Where did it come from? Before I acknowledge and give my everything to it. What does it mean? So a lot of times that, that gets us off track of what we're actually doing when we're serving God. The Feast of the Lord, Shakot, Tabernacle, First Fruits, Unleavened Bread, Pentecost. Uh, it, we, we believe that those are Jewish things that the Jewish people do. But the Bible simply says in Leviticus 23 that these are my feasts, he said. The Lord said that. He didn't say that they were the Jewish people. He said, these are mine. Amen. <laughs> and all the feasts just represent who he is. But we take it and we make it some thing that is not. We need to have the right understanding of who we are and what a Jew is. Everybody think of Jews, the people at the wall. They got the things on there, and it's Jewish, you know. Eating confelta fish and all this stuff. That's not it. The Bible simply says that a Jew is one whose heart is right with God. But we classify as an ethnic group. and All these types of things and our understanding of what this is really all about. Why you are born and why you exist. Think about that. The Bible says in Romans, he said, a true Jew is one, not by circumcision, not by because you got circumcised. Oh, he said, one is that your heart has been circumcised. That's what a true Jew is. One whose heart is right with God. That's anybody. That's everybody. Possibly could be. So, us understanding these things, and I'm trying to do a little shortcut so I don't waste your time. But I want to, since I got you here, I need, to, I need you to hear. You know, a lot of times when... You come here, be like, oh, we, we don't celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Christ every day. I just don't let the world dictate to me a specific day. And then on the 26th, don't nobody love nobody no more. On the next day, don't everybody forgot about good tidings. Everybody forgot about it. It's just for that one day. And we commercialize. They've done the same thing with Hanukkah. They commercialized it. And it's really about rededication of the temple. There was a battle. Hanukkah is about dedication, rededication of your temple. Between Malachi and Matthew was a 400 years of they call the intertestamental. Then they said that God was not speaking. God was saying a whole lot. It was a group of Jews who were fighting for you, for your faith. And this battle that took place was because they had a
tyrant, a Antiochus, Antiochus Epiphanes. And that word Antiochus Epiphanes means God manifested. So what he was doing is he was stripping the Jewish people away from their faith. They couldn't worship their God. He destroyed their temple. He destroyed their temple and the Greeks were taken over. And they defiled the very temple of God. And they worshiped the God Zeus. And they, on the altar of God, they took a pig, a swine, something unclean, and they sacrificed it to their God. This is what desecrated the temple. It's deep as we go on later this week in this understanding of what was really happening. And we need to understand the battle that was fought for your faith. Without that battle, we wouldn't have a Mary that Jesus could come through. Because there would be no temple, there would be no faith. That the Antiochus Epiphanes was a type of Antichrist, one who was against God. And that same spirit is alive in the world today because a lot of people are against God. That's what that spirit does. So he was against God. He wanted them to worship his God. I want to take the whole world and make it one. Under one world ruler. Same thing is happening what you see now. You just don't see it. So back to the feast of... Um, dedication. I'm just trying to give you a little overview of what we've been talking about all week. Man of God, can you go to John? I love y'all. I really do. I do. It's good to know somebody love you. you, you don't go. <laughs> tell, tell the person you love them now. Don't wait till they go into the grave. You, I'm coming to the, to, the web, to, the, uh, to the grave site. Hey, I love you. You know I love you. Why you ain't tell me that while I was alive? Tell them why they are alive so they can hear you and respond back to you. Because I don't need nobody responding to me from the grave. I need you to respond to me while we are alive. See, why we don't do that is because we spend most of our time upset with the people. We won't forgive. Forgiveness sets you free. It allows you to move forward. And most of the people that we don't forgive, they ain't even thinking about us. We're thinking about them. They ain't even thinking about you. See how forgiveness holds you, keeps you from moving forward? All right. John, let's go ahead here. John chapter 10 and 22. I'm going to help us here. John chapter 10 at verse 22. After this, the feast of dedication of the reconsecration of the temple was taking place at Jerusalem. It was winter. Go ahead. Verse 23. And Jesus was walking in Solomon's porch in the temple area. Okay, so now we do know that Jesus was at the Feast of Dedication. Amen. He was there. Amen. He went home Amen. saying, y'all go ahead and do this. Now I'm going to stay here. He was there. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Verse 24. So the Jews surrounded him and began asking him, how long are you going to keep us in doubt and suspense? If you really, if you are really the Christ, the Messiah, tell us so plainly and openly. Mm. Verse 25. Mm-hmm. Jesus answered them, I have told you so. 
yet you do not believe me. You do not trust me and rely on me. The very works that I do by the power of my Father and in my Father's name bear witness concerning me. They are my credentials and evidence in support of me. So he's there trying to tell them who he is. You know, just like today, you have people here who don't know who he is. You got people in your family trying to tell you who he is, but you still don't believe. It's no difference. Continue. Verse 26. But you do not believe and trust and rely on me because you do not belong to my fold. Mm. You are no sheep of mine. Verse 27. The sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Mm. Verse 28. Yes. And I give them eternal life and they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages. To all eternity they shall never by any means be destroyed. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all else, and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. Hmm. Verse 30, I and the father are one. Hmm. Go ahead. Verse 31, again, the Jews brought up stones to stone him. Jesus said to them, my father has enabled me to do many good deeds. I have shown many acts of mercy in your presence. For which of these do you mean to stone me? Mm. The Jews replied, we are not going to stone you for a good act, but for blasphemy. Because you, a mere man, make yourself out to be God. Okay. So, he's at this... Feast of dedication for people to see who he really is. This is why this is an unveiling of the Christ. So in this, those verses that we just read, I want you to understand something. And you might not have caught it, but I'm going to make sure you do. Jesus here is the great shepherd, the great one who is the shepherd, right? So in this, those few verses that we made, he makes four claims. So I told you, this is all about revealing who you are. Amen. His first claim was that he was the Messiah. There's 25 through 29. His second claim is that he was one, watch this, with God. That is, he is God himself. The third claim that he made is that he is the son of God. Verse 34 through 36. And the fourth claim is that God is in him and he is in God. These are the four things that he was trying to get them to see. I haven't got to the backdrop when he said he was the light of the world, which is what was going on. That's going to be later on. You're going to get that later on this week. But these are four things that he was claiming to be. And they did not believe him. That same thing is going on today. Is that people won't believe. That he is who he said he is. It's no different. It's the same thing that's going on right now. So I want to catch us up right here. Let's look at this. So he was at the Feast of Dedications. Let's look at this first because you just don't believe. He, he here right now. And some still don't believe. 
He's telling you by his word who he is right now, and yet some still don't believe. As I said, let's see here. We covered that, covered that. Okay, we covered that. Okay, we're going to go back here. So, the first claim. This is what this is about, him revealing himself. The whole book of John is about him trying to say, this is who I am. I'm trying to reveal myself to you. Mm, mm, mm. Don't worry, we're going to get to why he was on the porch and at the east gate. That's going to come later. It's important. So, hmm. Jesus was first claimed that he was the Messiah. There is a contrast in the verses, a contrast, watch this, between the religious and the Lord's sheep, between the believing and the non-believing. Yes. Mm-hmm. The religious did not believe. Jesus had clearly claimed to be the Messiah. No, he told, he, he said, I told you. He had told them time and time again. You will know, people come to you and tell you. You don't believe. They tell you time and time again. You know, you got your kids sometimes. You tell them certain things. They still don't do what you ask them to do. Over and over Again, that working adults too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, hold on, watch this. Jesus' works and deeds prove that he was who he claimed to be. And I ran over this a little bit here. The religious did not believe Jesus' claim. Why didn't they believe? Because they were not his sheep. Note one important fact Jesus did not say, ye are not my sheep because you believe not. He said, you believe not because you are not my sheep. Mm -mm -mm. He was saying that they did not believe because they were not his followers. This is the thread of the predestination of John, whole stress throughout the whole book of John, throughout the whole gospel. Okay? I want y'all to get this. We're going to move on. The religious did not belong to God. You know, the religious people don't belong to God. They claim that they claim to be his followers. Watch this. But they claim their claim was only verbal, a verbal profession. Their hearts and lives were far from God. Therefore, they therefore Jesus claimed, listen, their claim they rejected. They were not his sheep of Jesus. Therefore, he rejected his claim of the word. Now watch this. This one's going to really get you because you're not going to get it. So his second claim, he's revealing himself to all the people there at this festival. Right? They said they encompassed him. They circled around him. Tell us who you are. Tell us who you are. And this is what he said. I'm telling you who I am. Yet you don't believe. You can't hear me. Oh, my goodness. The second claim. This is good. This is what... This is what tripped people up. Watch this teaching. The second claim of Jesus was that he is one with God. Mm -mm. Yo, I'm going to see if y'all catch it. That is, he is God himself. But note this. Y'all, this is what, I'm going to help y'all with a word. Jesus was not claiming to be the same person. As God. He was claiming to be. He was claiming to have the same nature of God to be one with God. Oh, my God, teacher, you better going to say he was making four claims at this feast. He was making four claims. We're on the second claim. I want us to really get this. It's, this is about Christ's deity. All right? I'm not yelling. I'm trying to make sure we get this. I am, it's exciting to me, so I got to hold back right here. 
One of the, okay, listen closely because they didn't get it. I want to make sure you get it. All right. History repeats itself. The second claim of Jesus was that he is one with God. That is, he is God himself. But note this, Jesus was not claiming to be the same person as God. Listen, he was not claiming to be the same person as God. He was claiming to have the same nature of God, to be one with God in nature, in substance, in essence, in power, and in glory. Watch this. This is the word. This is what we got to understand. This is the word. He said, this is the word that we see there, one. Now, watch this. It is this word here, how it's used in this context. This word is neutered, not masculine. See, if I would use one and say echad, then it would be, it would be masculine. It would be, it would be a unit. Because I could say, me and my wife are echad. My wife and I and our children are echad. We are one unit. One in unity. Okay? So now, this word, watch this. I and my father are one. Listen to this. This word here, how it's used in this context, is neutered, not masculine. Well, what that means, Pastor? It means thing, not person. See how sometimes we just read the word, but we have we don't know any of the, you know, how words are used, masculine, feminine, and, and neutered, and how they you put these words in here. We just read it and believe that's how it's used. Because we don't know Greek, we don't know Hebrew, all that we just know how we read. That's why you need a shepherd, a teaching priest, and a teacher. Oh, you're in my thing. Now, listen closely, y'all. I want us to not get, not miss this. He said, I and the Father are one. Okay? Listen, that word one is neutered, not masculine. It means thing, not person. Jesus is of the very same thing of the very same substance as God. Watch this. We're going to catch it at the end. There is no question, watch this, that this is exactly what Jesus was claiming. His claim was perfectly, teacher, watch this, understood by those standing around him. The scripture and outline clearly shows this. Note, the clear accusation. Watch this. We're going to miss it. For a good work, we stone thee not. But for blaspheming, and because thou being a man, maketh himself to be God. This is what the issue was with them. See, but watch this. We're going to keep unveiling. Because he was a man saying that he was God. Let's see what the scripture says about that. Jesus was the word, correct? He's God's word sent here. So in Genesis 1 and 2, it says, in the beginning was the word. John, should I say? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Wait a minute. He was saying, I am God. I am of the same substance, same glory, and the word, watch this, became flesh. It won't flesh. And the word of God, Jesus, the incarnated word of God is made, incarnate means wrapped in flesh, Jesus. Jesus is God's word. We are one, I am of the same substance that he is because I am him. But all you see, you see is man. 
You just see man. This is why they say they blaspheme because you say being a man that you are now the son of God. Watch this. Y'all okay? All right. This is the revealing. This is the one that you really got to get. So this is about the deity. This is the revealing. This is all that's happening at Hanukkah. This is all that's happening right here. The third claim, amen, elder, the third claim Jesus made was that he is the son of God. Who was, listen, those who rejected Jesus had, listen, they wanted to stone him. They had stones in their hand ready. And they were ready to get rid of him. No, two things. Jesus showed, watch this. Oh, I love this one. It's going to come in here. I gave you a little taste of the night. Watch this. This is what Jesus did, Elder. Jesus shows man inconsistency. He preferred, <clears throat> he, re he referred them to their history where they called their rulers judges and God. You can't outmaneuver God, Jesus. He said, I'm going to show you your inconsistency. You get mad because I said I'm the son of God. But he's saying, he's saying right here, I'm going to show you your inconsistency. He referred to their history. Where they called their rulers and judges God. Their ancestors had used the word gods, little g, to mean that their judges were rulers of men. Rulers who had been appointed by God to represent God amongst the men. So what he's saying here is, wait a minute, you, you, you call yourself gods. You said, I said, you are gods. I'm going to help y'all on this one. You got to. Because I tapped into it, but didn't go all the way for y'all last time. But I want to make sure you have clarity on this right now. Their ancestors used the word gods to mean that they judge, they judges, they or their judges were rulers of men, rulers who had been appointed by God to represent God amongst the men. Jesus simply asked, "If some of the rulers of Israel were called gods, why must he?" He was saying, "Why was?" He being accused of blasphemy for calling himself just the son of God. Jesus made a threefold claim. However, note a critical point. Jesus was not saying rulers were called gods. So I'm not saying I'm going to be calling myself a god as they were. He was claiming to be distinct. From all of the men. He claimed that he was the one whom the father had sanctified. One who the father had sent. Y'all okay? Let me see. I want to make sure I got this. Watch this. Here we go. I'm going to make sure we go here. Put up Psalms 82. King James only. This will probably be the only last point that I'll be able to make, but before we get going with the other program, I think we okay on time wise. So we're going good. Remember, this is Jesus at Hanukkah at this time. He's trying to reveal himself. He's still trying to do that today in the world. He's still trying to reveal himself. But you got some people still just reject him. And what they didn't understand, what he was offering them was called eternal life. Because he is the light of the world. That's why the gospel is very important when somebody comes to you with the gospel. Because this is the only way that you will receive eternal life is that you receive Jesus. You can't get in because you don't believe him. You can't get in. Because somebody hurts you in church. You can't get in because you are unbelief. You can't get in any other way. He's the door. But we, people still, no matter what, you can come to them. He's, he was claiming to them. The Bible said he came into his own. They received him not. So I can open up today and people still will reject him. Just like you see in the scripture. 
But as sure as you do that, you have a day that you're going to die. My question is, is where will your resting place be? This is what he was trying to offer them, eternal life. You lay your life, I lay my life down for you. So you can have eternal life. Just receive me. All right? All right. You got it, man of God? So let's see what he was saying. You know what? Yeah. Psalm chapter 82 at verse 1. This is a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Mm. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Mm-hmm. Verse 6. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Mm-hmm. Verse 8. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Okay. Amen. So what is going on here? God uh, tested, or so he stated, that Israel wicked judges did not know or understand the importance of the truth. No, yada means to personally, to know personally, to know by experience. To understand is to perceive or discern. In other words, God was saying that the fairness and righteous and the just were being, um, were foreign to Israel and they dishonored this office as judges. Watch this. Because God appointed them to judge over the people, but they abused it. They willfully ignore how vital these virtues are a civ- to a civil society and to the citizens who quali- whose quality of life depends on them, how they judged. Y'all all right? Instead of opening the eyes of the light of God's truth, and changing their ways, Israel, author- listen, authorities continue to walk in the darkness of their corruption. As a result, the foundation of the earth was shaken. A peaceful and civil society is, that is built on God's laws. Okay? When his principles are violated, chaos erupts. The unjust ruling of these crooked judges had shaken the society to its very core. God emphatically stated that these judges, listen to this, authority came directly from him. I said, ye are gods, little g. By referring to them as gods, Elohim, God was not only emphasizing the power they exercised, but also that they were his representatives on the earth. They had entrusted, listen, they had entrusted with an awesome, they were entrusted with an awesome responsibility of executing justice on God's behalf. Watch this. This is where we get mixed up with this. And everybody online, everybody on TikTok, and everybody on Facebook saying, God said that ye are God's. He was talking to the ruling judges, not you. He was talking to the ones that he appointed to judge over the people. He gave them the same. Watch this. The judges are sons by appointment, not by nature. Since they were called to execute God's will and character. 
This concept is based on the calling of Israel of faithful sons to execute the will and character of their father. Yet they abused their office. So he was saying that I'm going to call you out as my representative. Put the Amplified up. That's what I love about the Amplified. The same verse. Go back up. Verse 6. Look at that. And I said, you are God since you judge on my behalf as my representatives. Indeed, all of you are children of the Most High. So Jesus was just saying to them, because they were the ruling class that was surrounding him. That was the Sanhedrin that was surrounding him. That was the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were the ruling class that was surrounding him. And he was saying, I'm going to say what you said. Your ruling class said that I said that you were gods. That's what it said, that you are gods, to judge. And what were they trying to do? Judge him right then to find out, if are you Christ? We take this script and everybody's saying we are gods. We are gods. We're made in God likeness and image. Likeness and image means function like him, speak like him. But you're not him. He was simply saying, you're sons because I appointed you as sons. Not sons by nature. See how we get things so mixed up when it comes to Christ? And what we do, that scripture had been so, and he's trying to reveal to them. I told you, yeah, God. Because I gave you a responsibility when you judge, judge with my character. That's what we don't do. Same thing. That's a lot of things that keep people from coming to Christ is because uh, we're so judgmental. And we don't believe in restoring people, giving them a chance, a process to get it right. But that doesn't exempt me from telling you the truth. That you need God. See, they rejected him, and this is what, this is what they were doing. Okay, let me get back to my message here. I hope y'all got that. Okay, go back to John. Go back to John 10. We're going to get into the historical stuff and everything with, not today, but tomorrow with Hanukkah. But this is something that we need to know right away because it's the revealing of the Christ. John 10. And he had four claims that he was making to them. Who I am. And people just... (laughs) Don't believe who he is. Still today. He's here right now. Mm, mm, mm. He's here right now. Watch people reject him. Uh, oh, they'll say, I'll, I'll do it later. Tomorrow's not promised to no one. So it's his God's love that you will hear the truth today because he's a just God. It would be unjust for you to die and not hear the truth. Oh, my goodness. Today is the day of salvation. This is what he was telling them. I'm offering you a gift, eternal life, and they don't want it. They rejected him. All right. So here we go. Let's see here. Mm. So that was the first and second, right? And the third one, right? All right, look at that. Y'all keeping track? That is the same. Come on, Pastor Harold, we're ready to get this thing going. All right. (laughs) The fourth claim that he made was that he, that Jesus was God, that God was in him, should I say, that he is in God. God is in him, and he is in God. This is the indwelling presence of each in the other. Jesus is one, I love that, with the Father, and the Father is one with him. 
They are of one mind, one spirit, one being and nature and purpose and in work. Colossians 2 9 says in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Mm -mm -mm. See, this is the revealing. A lot of people, this is how this is how it is. Everybody know Trump. No, you don't. You know of Trump. You don't know Trump. Everybody know Obama. No, you don't know Obama. You know of Obama. Everybody know Christ. No, you know of Christ, but you don't know him intimately. If you walk down the street, if I walk down the street and I saw Trump, I'd say, hey there, Donald Trump, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? But I know him. I know all about him, but he don't know me. He and the father are one. He's in me. I'm in him. How somebody live in your house and you don't know them? Somebody live in your house, dwell, wake up, go to sleep, and you don't know them. Isn't that something? So Jesus saying, I'm in you, you in me, you know me. We're one. I'm the father of one. So this is what happens with Christ. This is what happens with our relationship with God. You, you know him of him. And remember in the scripture that says, he said, Depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. But you know me. A lot of people know of God. A lot of people know of Jesus. A lot of people know of the Holy Spirit. But is he in you? It says the fullness of the Godhead. See, a lot of people, this is, this is the thing that get people tripped up. To know someone. How do you know? You have to be intimate with them. That is good right there. There, there has to be a, a connection. Right. A oneness. I, I can't be married. And you don't know me. This is why he said that. One. We are of the same substance. We are of the same essence. We are of the same power. You and I, which my wife, we are of the same. I'm not saying I'm her. But we are the same. But watch this. The Bible said when you get married, you become one flesh. One flesh, one unit, echad. That word is echad there. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. There's one body of Christ. Many members, but one body. My goodness. Did y'all get that about the gods? When he said, yeah, gods. Yeah. Everybody walk around. He said, I'm God. He's, he, in your word, he said, yeah, God. But you took it out of context. He was talking about the rulers. They called them gods. Little G because they had the responsibility of judging God's people. He didn't say you was God by nature then. It was by appointed. I appointed you judges. Y'all are right. This is important to know. See, this is what happened with scripture all the time. Is that people come with their own understanding their own understanding of what they believe that's not what it said word the word of god reveals itself and it gives confirmation of itself it doesn't need my interpretation it interprets itself which is what we do this is why a lot of people don't have a false sense of who god is and the experience that they're supposed to have You, you come in today, you see people praising God. The Bible said the dead praise him not. Go Because we don't understand what he has done for you. You didn't get up on your own today. The alarm clock didn't wake you up. Because a lot of people alarm clocks went off. They didn't wake up. And he's a just God. And he will have you here today to hear a little short bald head preacher. 
to tell you that you need Christ. And this is about dedication, rededication of who you are in Christ. See, but people don't want to hear this. They didn't want to hear it then. You got people don't want to hear it now. Still. He, he died for their sins. He died for you. And we still reject him. I don't need that. My goodness. The Bible says this, that every knee, everyone needs going to bow and confess that he is Lord. So you can bow now or you can bow then. But when you bow then, you won't stay with him. If you bow now, you can get the gift of eternal life. See, we don't believe. We don't believe. So let me ask you a question. So when a person goes into cardiac arrest, what do they use to resuscitate them? There are two things. What? That's right. He used breath and electricity. Isn't that something? A human being is, dead, is, is on the floor in cardiac arrest or they're died. How do you resuscitate them? You breathe in them. And God breathed into Adam and he became a living nephesh, a living soul. So then, why do we need a fibrillator? Because your electricity. Your electricity, right? So if you know the law of electricity, electricity is never destroyed, only changed. Never destroyed. Only change. It changes its form. So that's what you are. So why do I have to use an electrical current to jumpstart your heart? Because you are energy. You're light. You're light. That's what he said I am. I'm the light of the world. And in him is life. If I drain all of your blood out of your body, what will happen? You're going to die. Yeah. The Bible says that the life is in the blood. Yeah. Do y'all understand? The opportunity that you have and what he was offering then is offering to you right now. The Bible says everybody says, Lord, Lord. See? I want to get in. See, hell, in eternity, that's a long time. See, you have to choose now. You have to, you have the choice now. Which tree will you eat off of once you hear? People will, no matter what, they will still reject God. They will still reject the truth because you think you're okay. You think you're okay. No one is okay. Not even me is okay. No one is okay. But he's made a way that you can be okay. But you got to choose. You got to choose. You can listen to yourself or you can hear the voice of God through the shepherd. That's my job. I am a shepherd. Jeremiah 3.15. See, the whole thing of Hanukkah, the whole Bible is an invitation for you to have eternal life. In the garden was an invitation for Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of life. An invitation to live eternally. But they chose not to. See? And when he chose not to, it said that through one man's transgression, all of us came from out of that, out of him. This is why you're born with a sin nature. That's why when your child is two years old and they go in there and steal some candy and you ask them, did you take that? And they say, no. Where did that come from? That's their nature. That's their fallen nature. Who taught them how to lie? Who taught them how to lie? Who taught them when you presented the truth to them? Did you take it? 
Who taught that child to say no? Where did that come from? What is the root of that? No one. You didn't teach your child to be a liar. How many parents in here taught your children to be liars? But yet they have, haven't they? And haven't you? See, we don't want the truth of the matter. That's why you need a Savior. And he said, I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final times who will feed you with knowledge, understanding, and judgment. He said he would give you a pastor. He didn't say he would give you the church. You are the church. He said, you, I will give you a shepherd after my own heart. That's what he said. I'm going to do it. So he said, I'll choose for you. It might not be one that you agree with, but it's one that I said, this is who you need. And this is why people go to church where they feel comfortable. Oh, this is all right. I feel it. But you get one that uh, have you accountable for your actions and who you say you really are. Then we mad. We leave. We reject him. You got people here sitting right here rejecting him, rejecting what I'm saying to you right now. The Bible says that I have to take an account for you. That means that when, when I meet him and you meet him, I'm going to be like, yep, I, I introduced him. I told him this is what we do. I taught exactly what you said. You have to take an account. That's God's order. And he's going to judge me at a higher level than he judged you because I'm his representative in the earth. Did I tell you what you needed to hear? Or did I just let you be who you want to be? See, this is the thing. It's important. What if, what if tomorrow is your day? Whether you like what I'm saying or not. What if tomorrow is actually your day? So God being who he is, is a just God that he will present to you the truth today. So you can't deny and say, I didn't know. What if it's next week? That is you that have the heart attack. That's you that fall down. That's you that get in the car wreck. What if it's you? Ain't nobody mad with the devil right now. Because he wanted me to be quiet and not hear this. What if it's you? Will you be ready? Remember your energy. You're not destroyed, only changed. Energy is never destroyed, only changed. When Satan goes into hell in the bottom of the pit, it, they're there for our eternity. If, it wasn't, if, they were ne- if they just were a knowledge and never to exist, you would need hell. But it's a containment because energy is never destroyed. But you can contain it. But you can't destroy it. Man is a spirit. When he dies, the body dies. But man is a spirit. And God breathed in him the spirit of God. That's what he breathed into all of you right now. That same breath is in you, came from God. It didn't create itself. See, God, he pleads, he died for people, and some still will reject him. This is what this is all about, that he gives you an opportunity for eternal life. Well, I guess my time is up. If I can stick to the program here. See how the invitation go? The Bible said that door one day going to shut. You're going to be knocking then. Can't get in. Can't get in. All the world stuff is going on. You can be knocking. I can't get in. The door is shut. But people don't believe this. Watch this. I didn't believe it at one point. I didn't believe it at one point. But I tell you what. When the right situation comes to you, you, you'll believe. Let me see. He's he been trying to get my attention all my life. I, I, when I was born, I died. They had to resuscitate me. Been in car wrecks. Been stabbed. So many other things. 
but yet he preserved my life because he knew that I would serve him and I would care for his flock, not my flock. I don't have no sheep. I tend to them. That's my job is to tend. Peter, loveth thou? Peter, loveth thou? He asked him three times, Peter, loveth thou? Well, then feed my sheep if you love me. That's what I accepted. That's what I'm doing today. It's feeding you with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You have to choose. You can get into kingdom as long as you got breath. You can still get into kingdom. But it's not on your terms. And if that's the case, you don't need God. You are your God. Salvation is for all. Well, now we have to move on to the ordination. I appreciate. Am I right on time, y'all? I'm on time. Yep, ordination 115. I'm right. I'm right on time. Lord, that's a miracle in itself. You did. You, you witnessed a miracle today.